48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines. The chief executive says she'll consider making changes to her extradition proposal. There are protests at the German consulate over the granting of asylum to two fugitives from Hong Kong. And the contractor on the Hong Kong station project tells an inquiry that its staff were too busy to fill out inspection records. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says that the government is considering proposals from different parties to further amend its extradition bill, and she'll give an overall response to the public within days. Here's Jimmy Choi. Mrs Lam's comment comes after the Hong Kong General Chamber of Commerce proposed that human rights protections be improved in the current bill, for example, by only extraditing fugitives accused of offences punishable by at least seven years in prison. Mrs Lam said other parties had also put forward constructive suggestions. She said changes would have to be submitted to LegCo by June the 1st, and the government could discuss any changes in LegCo security panel meeting on Friday. Mrs Lam also said it was a pity that she didn't have the chance to meet with foreign diplomats to explain the fugitive bill, saying some misunderstood it and others were simply worrying too much. She says she will meet at least three or four foreign delegates later. Lawmakers who met more than 30 diplomats at a LegCo lunch yesterday said many were against the proposals. A top advisor to Beijing, Lao Xuke, says he sees little room for the SIR government to change its extradition proposals. Mr Lau, the vice president of the Chinese Association of Hong Kong and Macau Studies think tank, says foreign critics of the bill are exaggerating their concerns amid a Sino-US trade war. And he says he doesn't think any changes will win over the opposition. I don't think that there are too many changes that can be made at the present moment because at the, at the very least, the government's amendment bill has followed restrictions set down by the United Nations and has already built in some other protection. So, from purely ego point of view, there should be no worry at all by other people. But since this uh, issue has been politicised, and then different sides try to see the, the matter from political point of view. So, when, when, when this amendment bill is enclosed in so many political principles and uh, political uh, concerns, it's very difficult for so-called amendments to the amended bill to really get approval from those who are now opposed to the amendment. The Consulate General of Germany says it's noted the concern expressed by the chief executive after Berlin granted asylum to two Hong Kong residents. In a statement, it said it couldn't provide information on individual cases. It said Germany's Federal Office for Migration and Refugees was in charge of granting refugee status and made its decisions independently. It said Germany's policy towards Hong Kong hadn't changed and it would continue to foster friendly relations with the SAR. Meanwhile, about 20 members of the DAB have protested outside the United Centre in Admiralty, where the consulate is based. They said Germany was wrong to grant asylum to Hong Kong activists Ray Wong and Alan Lee, who they say should be facing trial on criminal charges. DAB lawmaker Holden Chow urged Germany to revoke its decision. I don't quite understand the rationale behind and how they could come to the decision of granting the asylums. Even they provide us the announcement, they didn't explain the rationale behind. But right now, everybody have concerns that according to international rules and practice, if you grant asylum to people, it means you are having political persecution. So that's why we say the decision made by the German authorities is definitely causing harm to our judicial system. It is definitely misleading. So we urge the German authorities to revoke their decision. 
The main contractor on the MTR's Hongham Station extension, Leighton, has denied losing large amounts of construction and inspection records, saying they are simply outstanding. As Mike Weeks reports, Leighton's lawyer said its engineers had been too busy to work on the forms. In his opening remarks at a commission of inquiry, Leighton's lawyer, Paul Shear, said the inspection forms weren't ready because engineering staff were too overwhelmed and busy. He said the absence of these forms didn't mean the inspections hadn't taken place and there was evidence to prove otherwise. The government and MTR Corporation had earlier revealed that more than 60% of the RISC forms, or requests for inspection and survey checks, were missing over the rail project. The forms are used to certify completion of each work phase. Mr Shear also criticised bar fixing subcontractor Wing and Kwong, which had accused Leighton of providing the wrong reinforcement bars and instructing it to screw them in as much as possible, despite a mismatch between the bars and couplers. Mr Shear acknowledged the mismatch, but said poor workmanship on the part of Wing and Kwong was responsible for the inadequate connections. The hearing continues. The High Court has heard arguments that it is unconstitutional to deny same-sex couples the right to a civil partnership on the grounds that every Hong Kong resident should be equal before the law. The court is dealing with a groundbreaking legal challenge brought by a local woman known as MK. Her lawyer argued that the government was treating marriage like a private members club for heterosexual couples. The lawyer also said same-sex couples were denied access to rights and benefits, as well as protection under some criminal laws such as those on domestic violence. The corruption trial of former civil servant Wilson Fung has heard that he had absolutely not betrayed his loyalty to the government, despite having an affair with a Macau businesswoman. Wendy Wong reports. Mr Fung told the district court he discovered in a letter in June 2005 that his lover, Cheyenne Chan, was the executive director of Heli Express, saying he found it strange she hadn't mentioned this. It was one and a half years after the two started their affair. Mr Fung said he later realised this could cause potential problems, so he decided to leave his government job because he didn't want to disclose the affair to his family. He left the government at the end of 2006 and became the CEO of the Productivity Council. When his lawyer asked if he'd ever abused his power when dealing with the applications from Ms Chan's companies, Mr Fong replied, absolutely not. The two faced bribery charges over a $510,000 payment Ms Chan made in 2004 to Mr Fong, the former Deputy Secretary for Economic Development and Labour. The prosecution says the money was a sweetener, so Mr Fong will be favourably disposed to her three airline and helicopter companies as he was in charge of aviation policies. Hong Kong's second richest man, Lee Shouqi, has officially handed over the baton to his sons. The 91-year-old appeared for the last time as chairman of his flagship company at Henderson Land's annual general meeting this morning. He said he was suffering from a throat ailment and had his son's field questions. Peter and Martin have become joint chairman and managing directors of the property conglomerate. They said they believe property prices would be supported by demand and low interest rates. The elder Mr Lee stays on as an executive director. A child and a man have been killed in a mass stabbing in Japan. At least 13 other people were hurt. Police say the male suspect died from a self-inflicted wound. Here's the BBC's Rupert Wingfield Hayes in Tokyo. The attack took place on a street corner in Kawasaki City, just south of Tokyo, when a group of schoolgirls were boarding their morning bus. A man is reported to have begun stabbing the children waiting outside the bus 
and then boarded the bus and stabbed children inside as well. The attacker, reported to be in his 40s or 50s, stabbed himself in the neck. Japan is an extremely safe country, but it has experienced several mass stabbings in recent years. Three years ago, 19 people were killed at a care home outside Tokyo, stabbed to death by a former care worker. That was Japan's worst mass murder in modern times. US President Donald Trump has wrapped up a four day state visit to Japan, offering his prayers and sympathy to the victims of the mass stabbing. He stopped aboard a Japanese destroyer and later gave a Memorial Day speech to US forces from a US warship. At least 42 prisoners have been found strangled to death in four separate jails in Brazil. Officials said the killings occurred in clashes between rival gangs. Here's the BBC's Roger Walker. One of the prisons near Manaus, the capital of the northwestern state of Amazonas, was the scene of a fight on Sunday in which 15 inmates died. There have been more clashes since, and the violence has spread to three other jails. The federal government said it was sending reinforcements to boost prison security in Amazonas. Violence is common in Brazil's severely overcrowded jails. They house more than 700,000 inmates, the third largest prison population in the world. Jails are often controlled by drugs factions, with clashes in one prison frequently spreading to other establishments. Germany and France have turned their thoughts to choosing the next president of the European Commission after mainstream parties lost their overall majority in the European Parliament. Chancellor Angela Merkel said she hoped the member states could agree on a candidate quickly. Wir wollen, dass wir möglichst zügig eine Lösung finden, denn das Europäische Parlament wird ja. We want to find a solution as soon as possible, as the European Parliament will meet at the beginning of July, and it would be good if we have a proposal from the European Council so that positions can be filled quickly after that. One thing is clear we need to be capable of acting in the EU, and the sooner we have the decision, the better it is for the future. What's believed to be the clearest surviving footage of Britain's Queen Victoria has been discovered in a film archive in New York. The images were taken during a visit to Dublin in April 1900, nine months before, before her death. Here's the BBC's Sarah Campbell. Crowds waving union flags can be seen lining a Dublin street in April 1900. Queen Victoria, in a horse drawn carriage, is holding a parasol and is wearing small sunglasses. She can clearly be seen nodding and smiling and accepts a very large bouquet. The footage had been stored for decades in the Museum of Modern Art in New York, but it was only when it was shown to the curator of silent films at the British Film Institute, Bryony Dixon, that she realised how unique it was. To finance, Bloomberg News Agency is reporting that mainland e commerce giant Alibaba is planning a secondary listing in Hong Kong. The company reportedly hopes to raise 20 billion US dollars here. It raised 25 billion US dollars in 2014 in its initial public offering in New York after Hong Kong refused to accept its proposed governance structure. The Hong Kong Stock Exchange changed its rules last year to allow founders and management to keep greater control over listed companies. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27422, 132 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $40 billion. Currencies, the US dollar trades at 109.48 yen, the euro stands at 1 US dollar and 11 cents, the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 94 cents. Now to sports, here's Atten Chung. 
Let's start with ice hockey. Game one of the Stanley Cup final went to the Boston Bruins, who rallied from two goals down to beat the St. Louis Blues. Sean Corelli scored the go-ahead goal for Boston in the third period, and the Bruins went on to win 4-2. They outshot the Blues 18-3 in the second period, after Braden Shen and Vladimir Tarasenko put St. Louis ahead. The Blues are still seeking their first win in a Stanley Cup final. They were swept in their previous three cup final appearances, including a famous 1970 defeat to Boston. Football now and Aston Villa have been promoted to the English Premier League after a 2-1 victory over Derby County in the championship playoff final at Wembley Stadium. The BBC's Robin Cowan says Villa were the better side and they deserve to go up. Not just today, actually, over the course of the second half of the season, really. They went on that record-breaking 10-match winning streak, which got them into the playoffs in the first place, and they played some fantastic football during that. Today, they created more chances. They perhaps should have had a couple more, while Derby, they had a bit of possession, but didn't really test the goalkeeper until the latter stages. So I think, yes, um, today and for the second half of the season, it is a deserved win for Aston Villa. To tennis in the French Open, where the men's top seed Novak Djokovic laid down an early marker in his bid to hold all four Grand Slam titles simultaneously for the second time. The Serb power passed the Polish youngster Hubert Herkitz 6-4-6-2-6-2. But after the match, Djokovic said his victory was anything but straightforward. I like the fact that I had a very good quality opponent in the first round because that gets me going with the right intensity from the start. You know, I'm focused, I'm determined and and sharp from the blocks and um, that's what happened. I, I actually thought I, I played well and all the elements in my game worked well, so I'm, I'm very pleased. Serena Williams needed to fight back from a set down to reach the second round of the tournament. The three-time winner got past Russia's Vitalia Diachenko, 2-6, 6-1-6-love. Williams, who last won a title at Roland Garros in 2015, puts her shaky start down to nerves. Just got nervous out there, and then I stopped moving my feet, and I was just like a concrete blocks on my feet, and I was like, oh, so you got to... You got to do something, you know, so, um, but compared to other matches, uh, I'm always a little nervous in Grand Slams, especially in the first round. England's cricketers thrash Afghanistan by eight wickets in their final warm-up match before hosting the World Cup. Jason Roy made 89 not out to lead England to victory at the Oval with nearly 200 balls to spare. England begin their World Cup campaign against South Africa on Thursday. And that's your look at sports. To end the news, the top stories once again. The chief executive says she'll consider making changes to her extradition proposal and there are protests at the German consulate over the granting of asylum to two fugitives from Hong Kong. The news from RTHK.